Kales. And I'm Allison. And this is YWA. Introduction complete. <laughs> um, hi guys, I'm Kales. Welcome to YWA, a podcast for readers. This is a podcast that is for readers, by readers, for the love of reading. That is the cheesiest slogan I just made up yeah. off the top of my head. But it's fine. It's great. Um, <laughs> like I said before, I'm Kales, and I am a booktuber, and I work at a bookstore. And I'm Allison, and I'm a librarian, and I'm very sick, so sorry about that. Um, nor Allison normally does not sound like a duck got shoved up her nose. It's fine. Yeah, so I'm, I will try not to abuse you with this for very long. Hopefully only a couple episodes will I, you hear this. Does that mean that I get to do all the talking? No, I'm kidding. No. Um, that would be terrible. <laughs> God, you don't want to listen to that. But if you do, you can always go check out my, my booktube channel on Kale's Corner. Um, I'm highly entertaining, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I'm highly entertaining. entertaining. Yes, let me brush my hair back off my shoulder. Um, so this week, we are discussing our buddy read for the month of March. So every month on YBYA, starting this past January, uh, we picked a book, Allison and I being the we, and this is, we read the same book for the month, and then we come on the podcast and discuss it. We encourage you guys to read along with us, because um, there will be spoilers, and we kind of get into it when we talk about books, whether we love them or hate them or just think that they're okay. Um, you can listen to some of the past ones that we've done. What are the previous two books we've done so far? So the first one we did was My Lady Jane. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Losing my mind. And the second one was Tempest and Slaughter. So I really liked the first one, and we kind of both, and Kale's was like, Middle, it's fine. middle of the road for that one. Um, we were both pretty disappointed with Tempest and Slaughter. And then this month we read That Inevitable Victorian Thing by E.K. Johnson. And we are not I hated pleased. it. I hated 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 it. I, hated I did it. not hate it. I gave but it two nice of stars. It was terrible. I gave it three stars. I gave it two out of five, which I still think is too high. I do. Ugh. Okay. So um, if you haven't read this book or you care about spoilers, you might want to leave. Yeah, just go away. It's fine. Because um, we, 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 we don't mind spoilers, which is going to be an episode at some point. We keep promising that. Um, but we don't mind spoilers. And so I actually like listening to other people's opinions and reviews on things, um, especially books. And it helps me decide what I want to read. And especially, you know, in the bookstore, it helps us decide, you know, what we want to buy and promote and sell. And that's why we have so many booksellers um, in the bookstore, because we all read a variety of different things. And so... I encourage you to stay on. Maybe try it. You know, don't freak out. But um, I really didn't like this book. <laughs> we got to pick better books for this I experiment. think this next one we'll pick for April is pretty good. Yeah. I think April will be better. Yeah. We're going to reveal that at the end of the episode. But go ahead. Let's go ahead and smash the living daylights out of that inevitable Victorian thing, which I think is the first time I have said that correctly on the first try. Well, so here's my thing. I was really excited for this book. Should we tell them what it's about first? Can you explain what it's about? I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> I honestly got... Okay, the, the best conclusion I've been able to come up with is that it is a historical reimagining if the British Empire and monarchy took over the world rather than anybody breaking off and having their own little revolutions. But at the same time, there's still some revolutions because there's, like, American pirates. And so then it's, like, launching into technological advances where they can, like, figure out what your genome is and your genetic placement to find your 
genetic match in order to make perfect babies to improve the empire. So, okay. so I think that's right. So basically, I think what happened is the British monarchy, instead of colonizing in the way that they did in our actual history... They just f*** everybody. They, like, interbred, right? They, like, interbred with a bunch of different um, monarchies and kingdoms or whatever around the world, and then used basically genetic manipulation to, or not manipulation, but, um, Science like how you breed dogs yeah. and to like forge. And I mean, this is a common practice in monarchies in general, you know, using marriages to tie countries together. Right. But they did that and somehow avoided all the wars where people wanted away from them. Okay. Well, let's talk about that real quick first. I would just like to point out this world can never exist. There was no conflict. It was some precious utopia that existed. And it was like, the one little bit of conflict we got was this idea that they were like American pirates. And I wanted to read about them. I didn't want to read about these three puny first world problem people that I just did not care about. And I was really... Just upset because there was no conflict. This world was so utopian, I wanted to cry. Because it was like, this can't happen. There's no prejudice. There's... But then at the same time, when she, like, wanted to date a woman, the the main princess, she, like, thought there was going to be backlash. But then same-sex people dance at her parties. I just didn't understand w- what the conflict was. Because I don't think it actually existed. Okay, so here was my understanding of the conflict. There were... Three conflicts in this book. Total. That's it. Ever. That's it. That's all. One was... What's the boy's name? August. Thank you. August uh, screwing over his father's company by um, paying off pirates to not attack his ships, which I honestly think was the most interesting part of the book. Right. Which I, again, could have read an entire series about, like, I don't know, the daughter of the pirate king trying to destroy the ships of the monarchy. That yeah. sounded cooler to me. Yeah. So that was one conflict and, you know, tied into that conflict is August's relationship with Helena and his concern that she won't want to marry him if he's ruined his family business. Whatever. Okay, second conflict, Helena finds out that she's intersex. Okay, I mean, that's cool. So, but that's a, that's a com- that's a internal conflict she doesn't know. Well, she finds out in a really weird way. Like which, a third of the way through the book. So she, like, puts... There's this big computer, and she puts it... Her, which is also creepy and Big Brother-like, and don't get me started. Yeah. You have, like, a G-chip that reads your DNA or whatever. So she puts her G-chip in, and it says that she is... That her sex is male. And she's... Like, she says she has... Yeah. And then it makes... She can only pick, like, dudes' names and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, um... Instead of the computer being, like oh, maybe you're intersex because apparently this is a known quantity. Yeah. She's just, like, now freaked out for most of the rest of the book that she's actually a male. And But then, yeah. But then the professor guy explains to her that intersex exists, but they haven't told anybody about it. And it's like... And maybe, but they're not, like, really shamed or anything. Because if the point of the monarchy and this whole idea is, like, to breed this perfect race... I don't know if that's it. But I don't know what it is! I don't think that's it. I think the point of the, the, like, whole, you use the weird DNA computer to find your genetically 
correct match to procreate with is to, like, not to, like, create a master race, but to, like, ensure the ties of the empire. It's still stupid. But through all the citizens, too. It's still stupid. I'm not claiming it's not stupid. Okay, third conflict, though, is uh, Princess Margaret falling in love with Helena. So, but, so, and you said, you know, there's obviously same-sex couples in this world. Right. Why does she care? It does say in, I forget if it was one of the little, the little blurbs at all the fronts of the chapters. Oh, God, those were dumb, too. <laughs> um, that nobody cares, like, it's all good with everyone, same-sex relationships, except for the ruling monarch who has to have an heir. So, but in this, in this amazing moving forward world, why would they give a shit if she could just artificially inseminate? I don't know. That's that was, what I didn't that understand. That was one of my biggest questions, that too. That, to me, I was like, okay, great. Same-sex couples are in this beautiful utopia, and great, awesome, cool. But why couldn't she have just taken some semen from August... Stuck it up there and got a baby and then fall in love with Helena. Like, I don't actually understand in these technological advances why that doesn't exist in their world. Yeah. And it pisses me off, especially with that ending. Like, what? Yeah, so the ending was really f- weird. Like, what? Okay, I'm all for people doing their own thing. Good for you, not for me, that whole dealio. But what was that threesome that ended at the end there? Because that's what they decided to do. Yeah, so in the end of the book... So by the end of this, with all of these stupid half-hearted conflicts that Allison has pointed out, which I'm sorry are not real conflicts in my thing, because there's no stakes. Because here was the thing. August had a stake. But that was it. Like, think about yeah. it, though. Like, there were no external pressures, really, for any of them. It was like, if you had just said what was happening, nobody told me what would happen if they revealed this? You know what I mean? Like, there was no threat from uh, Princess Margaret and her family. There was no threat from Helena and her family because they love her. August was really the only one, but then even he got out of it unscathed. Yeah, he Because just was his not family a- so, so still cared about him. So, yeah. like, why? I didn't understand what was going to happen to them if they committed these wrongs. You know, it. there has to be punishment. There has to be stakes a reason for choosing this, and I didn't understand it because there was no reason why these three characters couldn't have just revealed what they were holding on to. They, there was no hint or threat that they were ever going to get in trouble in yeah. this world. Well, and so the very end is... It f- threw me. Like, I had no idea what was going on. So basically, so Helena... So, okay, the three characters revealed all their secrets to one another... And right. so then they decided... Which, let's just clarify, the three secrets were that Helena and Margaret were in love, Yeah. Helena's intersex, and that August was, like, over his dad monetarily. Yeah. And was gonna lose himself, shame-wise. And so something had come out, there was this, like, article with a photographer who had, like, caught pictures of them and had logged into Helena and Margaret's secret chats of where they thought they were a boy and a girl... And so it came out as, like, this big scandal that she had some secret lover who was supposedly August... Yeah. Who was promised to Helena. But then Helena and August's relationship also made no sense to me. I was like, okay, Helena, I get it. You're intersexed, probably bisexual. But, like, how could August just settle? I was I was not having it, man. Yeah, I was really upset with Helena's just... And they all felt so selfish. My, my thing with Helena was, like, 
I, and this is just probably a reflection of my own beliefs because I, I believe in monogamy, like, yeah. you know, but like the fact that she was, would literally t- 10 minutes apart, make out with Margaret and then make out with August. I was like, what the f- are you doing? Yeah. Like, same thing. I'm like, this feels so skeevy to me. And I just didn't believe that she was in love with August. I thought that she was just like continuing to use him. Well, and I felt like she wasn't in love with Margaret either. I thought she totally was using her for the sex. Really? Yeah. Because I don't think that they, oh, they didn't give me enough. Like in their chats, I did not fall in love with that. I was not having it because they gave it to us in these snippets and it wasn't, we didn't get to build this relationship with Lizzie and Henry or whomever they were. And, and, and then they repeated themselves. Like, you read the conversations not knowing it was them, and then you read the conversations knowing it was them. It was like, we already know what's happening. We already know where this is going. And it was just a weird structural thing. I didn't feel like that they were in love at all. I felt like they were totally in lust, and I felt like they were just so selfish of each other. Like, all three of them were not looking out for anyone but themselves and trying to get the best of this situation. Yeah. And also the fact that they all three had such supportive, amazing families and they didn't trust them at all to say anything. August's entire family is amazing. And Helena, while granted her, who was it? I think it was her mother who was a little weird or skeevy or something, but her dad was really supportive. And she talks about how much she's in love with August's family. And like, how do you not trust them enough? You're going to trust this girl you just met over the summer I I was not having it. I did not... Oh, God, those characters. I wanted to punch them in the face. And the way that they complained about things was just like, you have no problems. You <laughs> literally could go to any one of these people and they all would help you and support you. Yeah. Look at what happened when the scandal broke. August's entire family was rallying around him and Margaret and Helena to help them and to, like, figure out how to not get this going further in the media. They would have done the same damn thing. They never showed us anything otherwise. Yeah. I was so stupid. Well, and I agree with you. I think that, like, looking at it objectively, I don't think anyone was in love with anyone. No! I think Helena and Margaret um, had a a very intense physical attraction to one another. And they were really good. They were, like, friends or whatever. And so, But I don't think there was, like, love there. Romantic love. And then I think that Helena and August... Were, like, siblings. They're, like... Yeah, they're, like, best friend, childhood friends. There was no, like, passion or interest in one another. It It was kind of incestual in my head, just with how she talked about his family and how I was like, you guys are not attracted to each other at all. Well, and then, okay, so the very end, let me explain this because we've referenced it a million times. Yeah, sorry. So the very end, Margaret and Helena want to be together. August wants to be with Helena still for some reason. And Margaret and August have been like outed in incorrectly by the media as a couple. Yep. So the what they decide to do is Margaret and August are going to get married and then Helen is going to be quote a handmaid. Yep. AKA Margaret's lover mistress. Mhm. And that's how they're going to live. And they're like they specifically were like this is a permanent solution. This we're is, fine with it. This is what we have to do for the rest of our lives. We're 17. It's fine. And we're not going to talk to anyone about it. We're not going to ask anyone for help. We're just going to try and solve it ourselves. And yeah. And I why? And I couldn't I couldn't tell. Maybe you can maybe you could. I couldn't tell if this was going to be actually a polyamorous relationship where Helena was 
with both Margaret and August. That's what I thought. I totally thought that that's what was happening. What? But then Margaret and August were going to have to have sex. They had that one, like, little line in there that was like, we silently stopped ourselves from talking about the inevitable of what was going to have to happen between Margaret and August. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, you guys actually have to procreate because that's the whole problem here because we can't artificially inseminate her. No, but they do make a point when Margaret was... There's There's a section in the book where Margaret is talking about how... She has never in, wanted anything to do with sex with a man. Like, and she was talking to her uncle about it. She never wanted anything to do with sex. Oh, and then she, like, and was then attra- she found was herself attracted, attracted, attracted to, her. to women, yeah. Okay, but but when she was talking to her, her godfather, the archbishop of the Which, weird yeah, genetic like church, church. What the hell? Um, He was like, oh, well, artificial insemination or in vitro is, like, a thing. Right, but they didn't. God, they were just so senseless. Like, I could not understand their motivations to do anything that they did. Anything. And it was like, why are you making these choices? They're so senseless. And just, you selfish, rich Well, and I thought, based on... So each each chapter was headed with, like, this little, like, blurbs from the archbishops. Which had nothing to do with anything. Well, so what I saw coming from those, and what I expected and hoped for... Was because they were talking about changing expectations for the monarchs and these genetic things. I was hoping that it would be like accepted that Margaret married a woman. Yeah, no, instead they're gonna secretly have this weird threesome that is this polyamorous relationship. And again, I don't judge. I have friends that are in polyamorous relationships. I mean, I think there's a weird, there's a lot of interesting scientific articles behind it and a lot of really interesting ideas about you know, biology and how humans are supposed to operate and whatever. But fine. If that's where they find happiness, great. Cool. But that's not what I'm this down, seemed like. That's not what this seemed like. It seemed like settling. And that's the problem that I had was that I'm down if, you know, this book wanted to show a different sexual relationship and a different, you know, something other than monogamy. Cool. But none of the characters were happy by the end of that. No. None of them were okay with it. They just suddenly decided that it was like the author was just like, this is what I want to write about, and I have to force these characters into it. What? What? Yeah, like, nobody in the, in, none of these individual characters were like, I would like to be in a polyamorous relationship. Right. Nobody, there was no discussion, there was no, it was just. August wanted to be with Helena, Margaret wanted to be with Helena, Helena can't make up her mind. Yep, that's pretty much what happened. So this, it's a classic love triangle, but the resolution of the love triangle was really bizarre because it wasn't like. Because there wasn't that, you know, like, I'm interested in polyam, like, in a polyamorous relationship. It was like, I can't get what I want unless I deal with this other thing, so I guess we'll do that. Right, and that's what I mean, is that, like, if you wanted to portray polyamorous relationships in a positive light, right? have your characters have a conversation about it. Have your characters discuss and say, you know, Helena would have been like, I want Margaret to be my primary, but because I am in love with her, you know, I, we have this great sexual relationship. August, though, satisfies these emotional needs because Margaret's going to be off running the country yeah. and I can't, I can't have that without her. So we're going to do this, you know, but it just, and it felt like that August, God, that poor kid, mistreated character. Cause I feel like the whole time he was being abused and abused and abused by these women. And I feel like in the future, in the rest of his life, that's what he's going to get. He's going to be abused sexually by Margaret just to get his sperm, and he's going to be abused emotionally by Helena for I don't know what. 
Yeah, and like, okay, now we're just all going to move to England? Yeah. Helen didn't even want to leave her hometown to go to Toronto. I know. I'm, I just... I she was so messed up. Th- there were just so many plot holes, and I think... I want to just know how this book got published. Like, I seriously... I want to go to the editor and the, and the agent and be like, do you understand this book? Because I sure as hell don't. Can you show me that query letter? Because I feel like what... EK submitted to you was not what came out. And I really want to know why you thought this was a good idea. Well, I'm wondering if it was um, published just for the representation. Well, okay, that's cool, but you can't do that. No, I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying it's a good thing, but I'm saying, like, I'm saying that's... Because Margaret's black, right? Margaret's black, and... Um, August is Asian. August is Asian, but... And then Helena's intersex. And then there's probably not a lot of... There's not a lot of white books that... Portray polyamory. No, I can't think of a single one that portrays polyamory. Um, I can think of one that doesn't, that is a book about intersex. So I'm wondering if it was like, oh, this book has a lot of great representation in it. Let's go for it. But then it was just not Okay, but you still have to have quality within representative books. Like, it it just, I... Yes, I agree. (laughs) I just, I'm so frustrated because, like, it feels like that that's what... E.K. was trying to go for this idea of polyamory. Okay, cool. But that's not what I got at all. It felt very, like I said, selfish, skeezy, settling, no conversations with anyone. Like, oh God. And I was so upset by the mistreatment of the family. I feel like anything could have been cut out about the family. And also the world building was trash. It was weird. It was so weird. I had no idea what was going on. And then, honestly, okay, so structurally, the beginning of the book, they're in Toronto, and they're, like, having, like, a season, you know, like, a la Regency era. Yeah. Um, to come out of their, to become adults and come into a situation where they can have, get married and have children. First of all, this is supposed to be, like, I think it's supposed to be, like, the future. Yeah. Why are people forcing 17-year-olds to get married? I don't know. Why they're forcing them to still wear corsets? (laughs) Yeah. Even if they're mechanically enabled to allow them to breathe? Like, I'm sorry. What? Has nobody fought for the right to wear pants yet? No? Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so they're in Toronto attending all these balls and stuff, and I was just like, what the hell is happening? Well, and if Helena is promised to August, why does she have to go? Yeah. That was another problem I had. I was like, okay, they've been promised to each other since they were like 10 years old. Why does it matter that she go to all these balls and things? And it felt like such a fluke when the mom, like, Margaret and Helena were doing their coming out thing together. And why was Margaret in secret anyway? So I think Margaret was secret. Okay, so Margaret is the princess, and she doesn't get a coming out. Right. So in order to give her that experience, she was, like, undercover. She was, like, pretending to be someone else. Dumb. Dumb. Oh, yeah, I guess that's the fourth conflict is Margaret's a princess and no one knows until, like, the last 20 pages of the book. <laughs> Can we also talk about that servant girl that I also feel like got severely abused and had to marry the one-handed man? No, but that that was, like, the only genuine relationship in the goddamn book. I know, but I still feel like it was not quite there. I don't know. That was the only relationship I was, like, actually rooting for someone for a, like, happy conclusion. Maybe of. I feel like I didn't get to know them well enough, you know? She might have been the biggest personality in all the books. I know, but him, I just was like, where'd he come from? Yeah, we didn't really know him. Yeah. We just, like, us were told that they'd been 
kind of together for the past while. Well, that's the thing, is that there was no development of these characters. I'm sorry, but it was so much telling and not enough doing, I was losing my mind. Like, losing my mind. And I seriously almost DNF'd this. As I keep talking, I want to go change my rating on Goodreads to one star, because I just... I can't find anything redeemable about this book for me. It was so hard. I thought the concept originally was cool, but it just was such a failure on world building and character development and structure. Like, why did we need those little blurbs and stuff from the newspaper? I didn't understand that. I rated it three stars, but, like, why? I think, yeah. Like, I I liked... I I appreciated the attempt at, um, like, a diverse cast of characters, I guess is why. Okay, but let me give... I Nowadays... I can give you five books with the same amount of diverse characters that are way better. Right. No. Yeah, you're right. I mean, ten years ago? Five years ago. Not the case. But I can do it now. This book came out in 2017. Yeah. Not okay, in my opinion. I just mean that we're at a different standard now. We're still pushing the envelope, and we're still trying to get diverse characters out there and diverse different types of relationships, but you have to have a certain level of quality for that to be yeah, that's enjoyable. Not, that's not enough. No, it's not enough. Like, people, like, you know, those, <laughs> representation deserves quality. It exactly. Just, just because something is representative does not make it good. No. I completely agree. I'm gonna change my rating. Yeah, I think I am too. That's another thing that I would want to say is... To be clear, and we have expressly not said anything to this effect, I do not, I have no issues with the author. No. An author's work is separate. The book, once it is out there, belongs to the reader. Yeah. And and I don't want this book anymore. And every author needs someone to tell them they need a good editor, they need a good beta reader to say, this doesn't make sense. And that's not their responsibility, that's the people they choose responsibility. So. Yeah, I mean, it's something I want to talk about in a podcast because I was actually having a great conversation with Seth about it. Um, just this idea of art versus the artist and how that's separate. And I think it goes into, you know, like the most recent controversy with the Black Witch. And, you know, a lot of people, like with Scott, uh, Orson Scott Card and how, and or David Mamet, like I could give you a whole slew of them. And it's just an interesting conversation that I think that we should eventually have on this podcast of... How do you distinguish that? Do you? Yeah. So no railing on EK. I just don't like the book. Yeah. Sorry, no book for me. So in April, we're hoping that this book is going to be a lot better. Yeah, we're going to read Scythe by Neil Schusterman. We are really looking forward to this one, but we also were looking forward to the other three books that we've read, so we'll see. But I have seen some high praise for this one, so I'm hoping... I'm hoping it's really good. I'm hoping it's really good, too. I really, really want this one to be good. Join us. We'd love to hear from you on social media. Check us out on our website at yya.weebly.com and give us that five stars on iTunes. We'd love it. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Now go read the thing. <laughs>